The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 17 Orc Hunger. The orc's name was Sargus, and last night he had killed his brother. He had intended to finish off the human boy, yet somehow the voices in his head had told him to kill one of his own by stabbing him in the back. Sargus sat on the floor in front of the door with his knees high and his feet planted on the floor. He tried to remember anything about his brother, but it was the elf girl's face that dominated his thoughts. Nothing was more important than serving her. He had killed for her. Treya had never lied to him. He knew that what she said must always be obeyed. The orc turned his large nose in her direction and caught her scent and growled low. She was small and thin, but he would have her. The orc put his knuckles to the ground and he approached her, but she told him to halt and turned him away. Sargus did her bidding, moving away from her. She held his polearm in two hands and eyed him coldly. His weapon, she possessed it now. He circled back to her and he grasped for it, but again she told him to stop. And, breathing hard, he did so, returning to the floor, watching her with his amber eyes. He was drawn to her, this strange little creature. She compelled him so, this small, slender wisp. The others of her tribe he hated. He watched them in the dark, plotting, thinking of any way he had to kill them, maybe with his bare hands, but he knew the mistress would disapprove. What were they? The orc had never seen their like before. Lanky, like beast men, but hairless. Fierce in a fight, but clawless. And so white. Such a pale white. He wanted to kill one to see what it tasted like. But even if he could do it while the elf girl was sleeping, there were too many of them and only one of him. Yet, if he had allies, perhaps he could escape through the door and return with other orcs. But no, that would mean leaving the elf girl, Treya, and he would not go from her side. She was his, and he 
belonged to her. During the many long hours, Treya asked him questions in his own language. Questions about the maze, about the orc alliance with the kobolds, about food and where to find it. Sargus answered all he could, though he did not believe that his answers satisfied her. And when he asked questions of her, she responded only with silence. He was getting restless and hungry. He had been given so little flesh last night from the kill, and none today. These small ones had been the reason for their hunt. They would have fed the orcs for days, soft from the bone and warm. The elf girl would not let him slay any of her companions. Still, the boy he had felled had not awakened since the night before. Perhaps the boy would not survive. He would be only meat soon, and the female elf could not then deny him. And when that happened, Sargus the Orc would feast. There are often new offerings on the Iron Realm website's Extras tab. Have you procured them all for your collection? And while you're there, travelers of the maze, be sure to leave a comment on your favorite podcast. I, your maze master, will see you there. <laughs>2 p.m. on the seventh day of Primaris. The tribes are on level one alpha of the maze within the moss lichen room at position 40, 14, 42, 19. The group is currently rested, fed, 
and have had water. Sargus the Orc is under Treya's mind charm. Life points for the wounded are as follows. Solus, negative 2 out of 8. Stockholm, 9 out of 10. Temek, 4 out of 6. Kana, 1 out of 4. Lilena, 4 out of 5. And Kai, 3 out of 5. The group's available spells are as follows. Kaylana and Orson, Invisible Shield. Treya, Aura against Evil. Kai, Hovering Disc. Lilena, Sea Magic. The group is currently positioned as follows. Under Treya's command, the orc sits with his back against the door. The spellcasters are working together in the northeasterly corner of the room as they complete memorization of their spells and planning for the days ahead. Len spends her time delivering food and water to the unconscious Solace while also tending the sick and the wounded. Kana's malady has now spread to half the tribe, and Len works feverishly to relieve their suffering. The wounded are positioned at the southeastern corner of the room, while meanwhile the entryway is guarded by Echo, Bardar, Iona, and Paola. The thieves are in position directly to the side of the door, where, in case of an attack, they may possibly go unnoticed long enough to strike by surprise. Additionally, Paola has taken possession of Sargus's polearm, which is strapped to her back. Stockholm consults with the spellcasters and identifies four places upon the map where the group may set up an alternate camp. The moss lichen room is too far from water, and its location is increasingly known by their enemies. I expect that we may find what we're looking for here, 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 or here, says Stockholm. We need a large, defensible room or chamber, something not far from the waterfall cavern. Once we're all able to travel, we need to pursue this and see if my hunch is right. If you are mapping along, do indicate a question mark in four of the unexplored squares on your map. In a later podcast, if the group is able to set up an alternate camp, the exact location will be revealed to you. And if one of your question marks falls within the walls of the character's camp, then congratulations, you are doing your job as mapper for the group, and you are doing it well. Additionally, if you are keeping track of transcendent disciplines, then you may award yourself a bonus two roles in any discipline you possess. Note these details so you may award yourself appropriately should you discover that you have identified the location correctly. Good luck. Roaming creature checks until 10 o'clock. No threat comes upon the group, and some of the wounded further recover. One additional life point for each of the following. 
Solus, Lilena, and Kai, which brings Lilena back to full. Meanwhile, Sargus the Orc, who has been determined to have an above-average intelligence, is secretly able to save versus Mind Charm Lesser, needing a 16 or better to beat the spell. A 14 is not enough. He will remain under Treya's control for another day. The Knight's watches are chosen and are as follows. The first watch, Lilena and Iona. The second, Orson and Paola. The third, Treya and Sargus. The fourth, Kilana and Echo. The fifth watch, Bardar and Amazar. During the night, Treya has possession of Sargus's polearm once again, and although most watches are taken in the dark, the fourth and fifth watches are done by lantern light, since Kailana, Echo, Bardar, and Amazar are unable to see in the dark, and they need to do so in order to keep an eye on Sargus, who they do not trust. I am deducting one oil flask from Amazar's supply, which drops him to eight. The five watches beginning at 10 p.m. There is a disturbance at 11 p.m. Lena and Iona sit side by side on the floor of the chamber. Iona wearing her leather armor and Lilena her chain. Their weapons are within easy reach and quietly, dutifully, they are positioned towards the door. Of course, Iona is blind in the dark and relies on her counterpart to keep the watch. Silently, soundlessly, a snake enters the room. It is thin, and it is able to slip under the door unhindered. The snake, looking for warmth, slides in and curls up beneath the orc as Lilena gazes in its direction. I am giving Lilena a penalty on the surprise check, for the snake is cold-blooded and is nearly invisible against Lilena's ability to see warmth in the dark. Six-sided die. The snake will be surprised on a one or a two. It is not. Lilena will be surprised on a one through four. She is surprised having received only a one. I am going to rule that the snake has not even been noticed, having slipped in under the orc's heat signature, unseen. In fact, the spitting cobra lays dormant there for another full hour until the change of the guard comes. At that time, 
there is enough noise and commotion to stir the orc in his sleep. And as he stirs, the snake is disturbed. And it bites. Asleep and helpless, the orc is automatically struck and must make a save versus the poison. A three. Failure. The orc awakens with a howl right at the turn of the watch. As the snake deals the killing blow, three points of damage and a deadly poison. Another surprise roll for Lilena and Orson. They are not surprised and have located the spitting cobra immediately. Round one, initiative, spitting cobra. Five, the elves. A three. Lilena and Orson have their weapons at the ready, but though they call to the other two, Iona and Paola need a moment to get their bearings. And in the meanwhile, the snake attacks. The three-foot-long snake rears up and spits a stream of venom toward the elven woman's eyes. Lilena has an armor value of five, and so the snake needs a 14 to hit. 17. She throws up her hands at the last moment in an attempt to stop the poison. It strikes her face and burns. She needs a 12 to beat the poison. But with a 6, she does not. It does its work quickly and blinds her. The image of the snake and everything else fades from her vision. And as she rubs at her eyes, her effort only worsens the pain. The snake's armor value is a 7. Swiftly, Orson moves forward with his sword and strikes, trying to take off the snake's head. He needs a 12. 16. Orson has dealt the snake 7 damage. And because it has only 6 life points, he succeeds in slaying it. The group has no more water, and so there is nothing more they can do for Lilena. Lilena will permanently carry the blindness penalty as a result of the injury to her eyes. Even so, she has fared better than the orc, for Sargus is dead. The lantern is lit briefly to assess the situation, and it is decided to leave the orc's body against the door as an additional barrier against intruders. Iona attempts to procure poison from the venom sacs on the spitting cobra. She may do so on a successful dexterity check. A four. She does so and coats one of her daggers with the poison, an ace in the hole for her, should she need to rely upon it in a fight. Lilena laments the loss of her eyes, but she is comforted for a while by Orson before she drifts off at last into an unsettling sleep. Fortunately, none of the others are roused during the night, and the rest of the watches go uneventfully. In the morning, Amazar recovers door denial, while meanwhile, Lilena realizes that without her sight, she will be able to memorize 
no more spells. According to the wording of the sea magic spell, it appears that its casting will give the elf girl a limited form of sight, but once exhausted, she will be unable to replace it. Lilena resolves to save this spell for the best purpose she can. It is 8 a.m. on the eighth day of Primaris. The group consumes the last of the moss, taking that as their daily meal. Amongst them, they still have five days of rations, but they cannot partake of the orc flesh, for Sargus was poisoned. Because the group's water has been exhausted, they know that this day they must seek the Waterfall Cavern again. I'm going to rule that the group holds off until 2 p.m. before setting out, for this will allow several within the group to benefit from additional rest and healing. Three roaming creature checks. The stretch until 2 p.m. is uneventful. The group spends their time planning and training. Treya takes permanent possession of the polearm that once belonged to Sargus. The following characters regain one life point by 2 p.m. Stockholm, Temek, and Kana. This means that Stockholm has returned to full and he intends to lead the expedition to the Waterfall Cavern. Lilena, now blind, must be left behind, but with Stockholm, others join the expedition. With their group wearing nothing heavier than chain, they will be able to move twice as fast as the prior group. Hopefully, that means half the trouble. But of course, no such things are certain in the Iron Realm. Legendary Powers There are many ways by which you, as a legendary power, may claim ranks of renown. The second path, listen and play. It is you who bears witness to the final realm. Earn a rank of renown for each chapter you listen to. Award yourself a bonus rank for each subsequent listening, and yet a further bonus rank each time you play through the podcast by role-playing, mapping, rolling dice, or otherwise joining in on the action. It is never too late to take your experience deeper. Take up a new option, or even start a second character as you wish, for the Iron Realm is endless. I thank you for your loyalty. Iron Personas Tonight, 
a shared profile from the tribe of Bardar. The rogues, Iona, Kana, and Paola. These three human females have identical stats and attributes. Strength 12, Dexterity 18, Constitution 12, Charisma 11, Intelligence 14, and Wisdom 8. The girls are level 1, with 4 life points each. They are aged 16, with white skin, deep brown eyes, and chestnut brown hair. Each stands 5 foot 9, and weighs 105 pounds. Their favored armor is leather. Their preferred weapon, the sword. Their homeland, the Iron Realm. Description Iona, Kana, and Paola are identical triplets. They are very young, small of build, and wiry. They have oval faces, chestnut brown hair which falls to their shoulders, and deep brown eyes. The girls are alike not just physically, but also in their mannerisms, thoughts, and speech. Iona, Kana, and Paola are dressed in leather armor, each wearing a varying shade, tan, brown, and bone white. Personality Iona, Kana, and Paola are more likely to express themselves physically than verbally, and do so very effectively, since each possesses a keen body awareness. Being the youngest of the tribe, they are further inclined to stay silent and take the lead of the others. Amongst each other, they are able to communicate almost without words, for they know each other intimately. The girls are not meek, however, and can often be seen training, sparring, or otherwise involved at the center of the action. The three thieves often serve as scouts or sentries, and they are often, together, first to the fight. Their senses are sharp, and they are unafraid of confrontation. A favorite tactic of the triplets is for two to take the front line while their sister makes her way through the shadows in order to strike an enemy from behind. Holland. Iron Realm. Iona, Kana, and Paola suffer daily from severe disorientation and amnesia, and as a result, have no memory of the day before, let alone anything about their origins. Though they are extremely intelligent, the three often find themselves confused about the details of the present moment, and they do not always remember their own names or who they are. Sometimes, Iona, Kana, and Paola believe themselves to be the same person, or else each mistakes herself for one of the others. 
during such times that their minds are clouded, they do still sense their fellow tribe mates, and the three rely upon the commands of the others, especially Bardar, to see them through. Amazar and Bardar may know more about their past, but so far they have remained silent on the matter. Iona, Kana, and Paola have stayed close to the wizard and the halfling in pursuit of the citadel where Amazar's master dwells. Cursed. Following the death of Tormeus, their fighter, Iona, Kana, Paola, Amazar, and Bardar realized that their chances of making it back to the citadel alive had been greatly diminished. When their group was approached by the tribe of Solus, it appeared to be a good opportunity for protection. As the days have gone on, the girls have lost their memory of any other arrangement. Though Bardar attempts to refresh their memories each day of events that came before, the details become progressively abstract to Iona, Kana, and Paola as time unwinds. Family. The three girls consider themselves sisters and are extremely close. Of the others in the group, they remain somewhat cautious because of their daily memory loss, becoming close to others takes a long time, though deep within, Iona, Kana, and Paola have some sense of the ones in their growing tribe who wish them well and those who are suspicious of them. Even so, the other people in their tribe remain in some gray area betwixt the regions of family and stranger. With Lelena's eyes burned out, and with Sargus dead, who will be the next to fall? Be on watch for Chapter 18. Play hard or go home! Iron Realm! Ward the door and spike it shut. It will guarantee you nothing, but may it improve your chances by at least some measure. <laughs> Ha 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 ha.